people, not only are we getting the spiritual side fed right now, but we're going to get our eat on in a little bit, boys. I'm telling you, I'm smelling it. I, I don't even know if I can preach long. I might be drooling from both sides. I don't know. Well, luckily he's got me, so he won't get to preach long. I'm just kidding. Um, okay, so as most of you all know, and I'm going to start crying, and I promise I'll make this quick. But as most of you all know, right now my life is upside down. I am, I am a control freak. I am a planner. I have A, B, C, D, and if we get to E, I tell Billy, honey, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but right now my life is upside down. I have no control. I have nothing. And then we found out on Friday that my uncle passed away. So I'm leaving to go to a funeral and visitation today and tomorrow. And then I have found out that someone I love very dearly is looking at possibility of very scary cancer. And as I have been, I, I'm in an area that I love and I adore and I'm so thankful. But I'm in an area where I'm a praiser, I'm a worshiper, and I get loud sometimes, all the times. Um, but... I'm in an area where I can't do that right now, and the enemy's really been able to use that a lot. Because if I do it, I'm going to disturb Billy and the kids, where normally I could go downstairs and I could have my time. But right now, I can't do that. And so I'm having to learn, and I keep hearing it from the Lord, to trust with all of my heart, with all of my, uh, without, lean on to my own understanding. Sorry, he's scaring me. Um, but... Um, you know, as I was sitting here worshiping and praising, and as I was listening to the Lord, the Lord instructed me to blow the shofar three times. And I started out in the parking lot, and then I started in pastor's chambers. And then he told me to come here. And I was scared to do it. But as I was worshiping, the Lord said, when my trumpet blows, chains are being broken. Amen. Walls are coming down. People's freedom is starting to happen. And then he brought me back to what he told me. And I don't know who this could be for, but I had went home early one day from work, and I, because I couldn't make it anymore, I couldn't be around people anymore. And I just fell on my knees because it was a time that I was by myself and I just started crying and I started praying. And I said, Lord, I don't understand what's happening. I don't get it. I have no control. And he said, that's where I want you to be. And I said, all right. So he said it. And to me, but if there's anybody else, I don't know who it could be for. It says, I don't have to understand what's happening. I just need to trust that my God knows what's best. I need to be the clay in the potter's hands. Let him mold and shape me into what he needs me to be. It will not feel good, and it may even hurt. However, my God knew me before I was formed in my mother's womb. So he knows what's best for me. The words my God has spoken will, will come true. No man, demon or hell, can stop them from happening. We walk by faith and not by sight. He knows the plans he has for us, 
and it's to give us a hope and a future. God is working even when I can't see it or feel it. He is an on-time God, and he will not fail me now. I surrender to your plans, and I just ask that even when the pain comes and when the worry tries to creep in, when attitude rises up, because I have them bad, uh, when unknown happens, that you will shine brighter and louder than any of that. No tears ever wasted. Man has their plan, but God has the last say. So I'm coming by today to let you know that your chains have been broken today, that your walls have came down, and wherever you feel like you don't understand what's going on, wherever you feel like the enemy is coming and just hounding you and hounding you, let me tell you, God has the last say. He has the last say, and it's time he is looking for a church to stand up and to march on and to keep going and to war on and take back the land that the enemy has tried to steal. And that means in your families. That means if you have people that are addicted to drugs, that are addicted to uh, pornography, or if they're addicted to alcohol, that's addicted to different things, take back your family because the enemy has no right. You've given him the right. Now it's time for you to step up, stand up, stand strong, blow your trumpet, do your worship, and take back what the enemy has stolen from you. Amen. Amen. Where are you going? Paige, where are you going? I don't know. Would you just stretch your hands this way? Some of you may or may not know what, what the Lord has been dealing with them about doing. What I'm super um, excited about is the tenacity to be obedient even without knowing the next step. And I think that's super important. So many of us want to know God's plan before we say yes for God. And so I just want you to pray for them. They've taken some, some huge steps, and I'm believing God's going to bring some revelation into this situation. Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for Billy, for Paige. I thank you, God, for those beautiful children. And Lord, I'm thankful for a heart and passion that is willing to be sensitive to you, willing to be persistent in seeking your face. Lord, willing to do whatever it takes, God, to be obedient. And Lord, I pray, God, that you would give wisdom, direction. Lord, that you will bring revelation into this chaos that sometimes they feel. And Lord, let them know that, that as the word that you've given her, that your plans are perfect and that you have written out a future and a hope for them, specifically with their name on it. For your word says that you have prepared in advance good works for them to do. And Lord, I'm believing that as the body right here that affirms the ministry that you have placed in their heart. God, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Woo! Come on, somebody. God is good. Amen. Amen. What did I do with my Bible? We preaching Bibleless today. It's all right. First Thessalonians five. You know, I was um, I was really 
thinking and about Thanksgiving and all that stuff, and, 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 and I'm not going to preach about Thanksgiving. I think this will be the first time on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving week that I've not preached on Thanksgiving. And, and, and I see that 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about rejoice always, pray without ceasing, in all circumstances give thanks, uh, for this is the will of the Lord concerning you. And this verse says, in everything give thanks, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And, and you know, I've been touched and, and looked at a, a lot of your messages this week on Facebook and how over the last few weeks, this month, you have been identifying something you're thankful for. And I thought, oh, I don't And, it's, and it's, it's awesome. I mean, because I think that when we understand what it means to give thanks, it changes the perspective of how we look at life. I mean, even in Romans chapter 1, when, when they went astray, uh, one of the key factors of them going astray was the fact that they were unthankful. Because when we get unthankful and we, lose, we begin to lose sight of who God is and what He does for us. Amen? And we begin to look at everything as hindersome or bothersome or aggravating and frustrating and all these other words because we lose sight of the fact that, guess what? We got up this morning. We have breath. And though we're not able to move as freely as we want, we're still moving. Right? Isn't that awesome? I mean, isn't that exciting that we still are alive? We could be six feet under. But we're still alive. That's thankful, right? But you know, when I look at this passage of scripture, I have to really go back to the context and because it's talking about Christian conduct. You have to go back to verse 12 and, and, and read it from there. And since, um, since I don't have my Bible in here, Billy, thank you, says, but we request, but we request of you, brethren, that, hey, look at here, it's even big letters. This is great. I love this, man. I might get used to preaching from this. We ask of you, brothers, to respect those who labor among you and who are, uh, who are over you in the Lord, admonish you, uh, and to esteem them very highly in love because of their work. Be at peace among yourselves. And we urge you, brothers, uh, admonish the idle, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, be patient with them all. Boy, we need that, don't we? Be patient with them all, not just some. See that no one repays any, anyone evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to everyone. And then rejoice always. And then give thanks, uh, pray without ceasing, and give thanks with, in all circumstances. So when I look at this context, I realize that, you know, there are a whole lot of people who God has put in, into our life that, that really are there to encourage and to help us along the way. Amen. Some of you say, oh, me. <laughs> and thank God that, that, that God has called so many of us. Every, in reality, every single one of you have a specific thing that God's called you to. And isn't that awesome? Every one of you, not, not some, not part, but every one of you has something that God's called you to. I mean, when you think of it, you look at Matthew chapter 25 and 21, 
uh, His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Every one of us are looking for that day when we, can, when we can know that we know that we are fulfilling the plan of God, that God can look at us and say, well done. Amen? Thank you, Jesus. I told my wife I was going to talk about her, and she said, aw. I said, no, her. And she says, who? I said, you know, Aaron and her. She said, oh, she didn't really say that. I love making stuff up about her. <laughs> One of these days I'm going to get it, right? <laughs> oh, man. If you have your Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter 17. Exodus 17. 8 through 13. Bless you. I like my dog barking. <laughs> Actually, my dog is a little high-pitched dog. Wee wee. It's one of the kind you want to kick out the house when he starts barking. <sighs> now Elimelech came and fought with Israel in Rephidim, and Moses said to Joshua, "Choose us some men and go out fight with Elimelech. Elimelech, uh, sorry. <clears throat> Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand." Verse 10, so Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and Hur went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. Verse 12, but Moses' hand became heavy so that they took a stone and put it under him. And he sat on it. And Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side. And his hands were steady until the, the going down of the sun. So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. In other words, it says he overwhelmed him. Father, God, I pray that today that we will appreciate and value everyone that you've placed in our life. Recognizing that we're all a part of your plan. And that every one of us is needed for the purpose of advancing your kingdom. God, give us wisdom today to trust you as the word has already been spoken. And to follow your plan in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You know, every one of us have something to do. I remember a, a farmer was out plowing the field. And, and uh, before he went out there, a Pepsi-Cola had paid a, uh, one of those plane riders to go into the sky and write Pepsi-Cola in the sky. Well, you know, he's out there, you know, plowing away, and, and all of a sudden, you know, he looks up, and the only thing he saw, because everything else had faded away, was PC. And so in his mind, like, yes, Lord, preach Christ. So, man, he went to the, he went to the pastor and said, Pastor, I believe God's called me to preach. And so pastor said, well, look, prepare your message, and you know you can preach next Sunday. So he came in, and, and he preached. He told the people what he, what he had seen in the sky. And after he preached, another old farmer came up and said, Son, did you ever think that PC stood for plant corn? 
<laughs> oh, me. Some of y'all probably thinking he needs to plant some corn. <laughs> you know, not everyone, uh, you know, not everyone is called to preach. Not everyone, uh, their giftedness is not seen in front of everybody. I mean, the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4 through 6, it says that there's a variety of gifts, but the same Spirit. There's a variety of service, but the same Lord. And there's a variety of activities, but the same God who empowers them all. Every one of us has gifts, right? Not all those gifts are visible. Not everybody can preach like Aaron Rodgers or T.D. Jakes. Wow. Right? Yeah, I know. Y'all just get stuck with me. I'm sorry. Anyway, not everybody can sing like Carrie Job or Sherry or Amanda or Stephanie or Josh. You know, I mean, we, know, we might not have those talents, but... But every one of us are called to something. Every one of us have something specific to, to reach somebody in our sphere of influence. Aren't you glad? Amen. I mean, Psalms chapter 84, 10 says, I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of God than to dwell in the tents of the wicked. Guess what? There needs to be doorkeepers. Thank you, Jesus. Right? Amen. Ministry, church ministry has a whole lot of places where people make things happen and they make things work and not all those positions or not all those places seem to be visible uh, in reality most ministry is a thankless job most things aren't seen there's so many behind the scene things i mean uh, and, and we value and appreciate and are thankful for everyone who who is laboring behind the scenes who are focusing and working so hard to to make sure that the kingdom of God is being advanced. Aren't you glad for great people? And I look at this passage of scripture. And, you know I see. Here, here's, uh, here's Moses. And we can see Moses is the leader right. We hear about Moses being the leader. And here's Joshua. He's the warrior. You know, he's out uh, being strong and courageous. You know, he's out there uh, being introduced to the commander of the Lord's army. And all these great things. And, and then there's Aaron. He's, uh, he's the you know, the, the great, wonderful priest. But, but then there's this other guy, H-U-R, her. There's not a whole lot about his genealogy. There's not a whole lot about what's going on in his world right here that, that, that tells us a lot about him. But, but the fact is, is he's right there. He's doing something. Isn't that awesome? I think the number one thing that God's looking for when when he's looking for people, is the fact that they'll be present. I mean, they could have had a multitude of names right there. It could have been anybody, but God's looking for the body of Christ to be present. Amen? Statistically, right now, it is, uh, it is said that an average attender of a local church only attends two times. Actually, it's a little less. I don't, I don't get how this happens, but 1.8 times a month. Isn't that crazy? An average attender only attends, so basically less than two times a month. I was talking to a friend of mine who pastors a church of 1,500. He said three years ago we were literally running 1,500 every Sunday, 1,500 packed in. He said today we run about 795 on average. He said, but the, the fact is, is when I look at my role, nobody's left. Everybody still considers this their church. Guess what? Two Sundays ago, we had 231. 
I guess people are afraid of eating. I don't know. The thing is, is that for us to truly be active in the body of Christ, we've got to be present, right? I mean, it's kind of like going to one of these uh, uh, events, and they say, you know, that we're drawing tickets, but you've got to be present to win, right? When you look at the five wise virgins, you know, that had their lamps uh, trimmed and they had their garments prepared, guess what? They had to be present, Amen? Her was present in the midst. I mean, the fact is, is we pray, God, we pray the Lord of the harvest send laborers into the kingdom because the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Amen? I know I'm preaching to the choir here because all you guys, y'all was, y'all pumped, active, and available, right? I mean, praise God for that. But there's a whole lot of folks who just do just because they want to get. Amen? What's in it for me? I mean, if you look at Matthew chapter 6, I think it's in Matthew chapter 6 where he says, look, don't, don't give your gifts in front of everybody so that you can get attention. I'm putting that in P, that's the PAD version, Paul Anthony Dyer version. Because look, he says, if you get the accolades right here on this side, then you have already received your reward. But whatever you do, do it in private. And the God who loves you and knows you in private will also bless you openly. Amen? Amen. Amen. So we've got to be present. I'm hurrying because, like I said, I'm salivating already. But not only do we have to be present, but we also have to be, have to have the right perspective. Because when I look at the scripture in verse 11, it says, and, and so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed. And when he let his hand, his, down his hands, Amalek prevailed. There's a whole lot of folks who are present but are oblivious. You been around some people like that? Don't raise your hand. It might be me who's oblivious. I don't know. But the fact is, is that her not only was present, but he had the right perspective. He, he, he recognized that his leader, when his leader's hands were raised, that victory was taking place. And, and, and he also recognized that when his leader's hands became weak, that the enemy began to uh, gain victory. Wouldn't it be nice to have some people around you that when you were down would pick you up? Come on, somebody. Wouldn't it be great if when you were struggling or you were depressed or you'd been slapped with some uh, harsh words that week that were just rattling your chain, that, that, that somebody that uh, knowed you enough that could come alongside you and say, dude, man, you're like you're having a bad day. Can I help you? Let me, let me, let me come by and let me lift your hands up. Right? So, so you got a bad report. Well, hey, guess what? I know a king of kings and lord of lords who's the who's the author and finisher of our faith, and nothing, nothing by any means can harm you according to his plan and his will. He's king of kings. Wouldn't it be great to have somebody like that perceptive enough to recognize when you're down and when you're up? When you're up, you're up. And when you're down, oh. When you're only halfway up, maybe. I should have been in children's church today. I'm feeling it. <laughs> I 
mean, look, I was this past week, you know, went through an experience that some of them were struggling and 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 they they were broken and, and being able to recognize that, being able to step in and say, hey, look, my God's for you, and I'm and we're here as a body to to step in with you. You're not by yourself. You're not on your own. We care. We're compassionate. We want to help you. Isn't that great when you have people like that around you? How many of you have been there in those times when you haven't had that? And, 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 and you're struggling. You're like, well, nobody loves me. I mean, literally, that's how you feel. It's not, it's not a fallacy. That's how we feel. Nobody cares. But that's not really the, the reality. The fact is, is that we get so disconnected sometimes that we aren't able to be, even be perceived because we're not present. Mm. I mean, you, we have to be perceptive because even 1 Peter chapter 5 and 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is out a roar, is like a roaring lion walking about, seeking whom he may devour. We have to be vigilant. So we have to be perceptive of what's going on around us. We have to understand that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, right? These are principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in this world that are coming to attack us. It's not my brother. It's not my sister. It's not the people around me. This is a spiritual warfare. And in the name of Jesus, I rebuke you, enemy. I am a blood-bought child of the King of Kings. I'm aware that this is not them. This is, this is you and me, and we're ready to fight. Amen? Amen. So we have to be pers- per- uh, have a good perspective of what's going on around us. But you know, another thing that I appreciate about her was is that he recognized his leader was struggling and he didn't try to push him out of the way. He had a valor about him. He had value, a virtue to him. So in other words, he could have said, well, you know what, he's struggling, so I guess I better step in his place. Get out of the way, Moses, it's my turn. I mean, no, that's not what God's plan is, right? We are to come alongside. I mean, matter of fact, the Word of God tells us that that when they recognized that he was getting weak, they actually set a stone up under him so they, they would prop him up. How many know we need some people to prop us up? Some folks who will come alongside to help us uh, not throw us to the side. How many ever felt like you've been thrown to the side before? Amen. And that's not what God's looking for. He's looking for somebody to say, hey, let me help you. Let me get alongside you. Let me walk with you. Let me be on this journey because when you're struggling, I'm struggling because we're the same body. Right? There's one body. And if we're one body, when one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. Amen. Amen. I mean, the thing about her, which I really value, is the fact that, you know, he was a participant in it all, he was present. He was, he understood the perspective of what was going on, and he was willing to participate in the struggle to see victory take place. Isn't that exciting? Look, we, we as a church, man, we're, this is an exciting place right now. I mean, we, we're in a struggle right now. I mean, we, the Lord is uh, blessing us, and we're trying to find the greatest avenues to be able to connect and we're sitting down trying to roll through thoughts and processes. How can we get everybody connected? 
That's an exciting thing. It's, you know, making me lose my hair. What little I have left. But the thing is, is that we want everyone to be a part. We want everyone to be connected. We want everyone to feel the valued and everyone feel like, you know, this is where I belong. And we want them to have that sense of belonging. We want you to feel that. We want you to know that, that we need you. We love you. We, we care about you. And you are a part of this body. We, we want you to be activated in the kingdom of God. And you know, sometimes that's hard for us, me as a pastor, to look around and say, look, all these people... Where can they plug in? And we want you to plug in. And thank God that we do have multiple avenues where people can serve and people can be a part. And we need everyone to be a part. Look, there's a new ministry that this church does that's just been, I mean, launched in the last month. A ministry to the hospital. How many know that we have a ministry at the hospital? Cornelia is, is helping us spearhead putting baskets in all the waiting rooms. We're putting, we're putting snacks and we're putting uh, flyers in there and, and trying to be able to accommodate a need in a waiting room where people are having to sit there for hours and hours waiting on a loved one or, and, and struggling with what's going on there. There's all kinds of things. And we need folks to be a part and under and, and a lot of it is, is the the lack that we have of communicating those needs mm -hmm. we got to be better at that right the thing is is that not only was he pers had a good perspective but he was also there was a vitality there about her because the bible said that that they stayed there until the battle was completely won. Isn't that awesome? I don't know about you, but I appreciate somebody come alongside me when I'm struggling, but I don't need them to just say, hey, you got this, and walk off. I need somebody to say, hey, dude, we're here for this. We're going to walk, we're going to, we laying it down today. We're going to walk through this journey together. Don't you be afraid. Don't you worry. We, we're on the same team. We got this. We love you. It's not all by yourself. That's right. Thank we're you. together. Isn't that right? We need that. Somebody's going to walk with us all the way through it. Look, a... a A drug addict can come, and you can encourage them with some good words. But if you're not willing to walk with them through the journey, how many know that there's an counterattack? Right? You can come, and you can say, Lord, I lay it down. And you can be fine, and, you know, you next week, nobody loves me. Nobody cares. How many of you ever experienced that? I tell you what, I would love to hear the testimonies because there's a lot of testimonies in this room. I, I've been privileged to hear some of them recently and they have been truly amazing and encouraging to hear your testimonies. But I want you to know, man, the reason that they're able to walk vibrantly out of their situations is because some people 
like her, was standing with them to walk with them through the journey and help them to overcome in their trials and their troubles. Amen? The last part is, is that we need to value. We need to value people like her, right? We need to, to, to recognize who they are. I mean, look, we got a bunch of worker ants right now. They're out, I can hear them in their chatterboxing. They getting food out, they're, they're, I mean, they getting it done in there, right? Thank God, right? Not only that, I mean, when you think about all those who are in children's ministry right now, out there with those kids probably pulling their hair out, like, oh God, please let service be over. No, I know they're not that way. I mean, but, I mean, if you come on Wednesday night, we have a large group of children and young people that are, are attending, and it is awesome. It is awesome. And we thank God for all of our children's workers. But, you know, we have a bunch of teams in this church. If, if, you, are, if you are on the greeters team, would you stand up? Yeah. Stay standing, stay standing, stay standing, stay standing. Keep standing. You need your exercise anyway. You get in trouble, won't I? That was for you. Um, our security team. If you're on the security team, would you stand? Amen. Knowing that we actually have some on the security already out there doing security right now. If you're on the ushers team, would you stand? Awesome. If you play music, you're on the music team, stand. If you're on the youth team, stand. There's others. They're already standing because they do multiple jobs. <laughs> if you are, if, if I haven't already said children, if you're on children's team and you're rotation, you're not, uh, you're not in that class, stand. Yeah, Wednesday night, children as well. Wednesday night, Sunday morning. Good job. Awesome. If you're a Sunday school uh, teacher or connections teacher, would you stand? Men's and women's ministries leaders. There. Randy Heflin's not here. He's got pneumonia, guys. You got to remember him. Pray for him, right? Um, so I'm, I'm gonna get in trouble because now I can't. I, I don't lost my all my fingers. <laughs> if you're a man of ministry, stand. If you work in man of ministry and you work out and help with man of ministry, yeah. Let let me include that to be. Let me include outreach ministry. If you are in one of the outreach ministries, whether you participate in God's kitchen, whether you participate in God's closet, whether you have the, um, the outreach to our shut-ins, all those different ministries, would you stand right now? Out of the outreach. Yeah. Look, guys, I'm sure there's a bunch more that I can't remember. There's maintenance. There's, I mean, there's lawn care. We're... If you, if you do lawn care, 
stand up. If you do maintenance around the church, stand up. I mean, poor Lonnie, I, I come in here and you see all these pretty lines that he puts in this carpet. And I'm thinking, Lord have mercy, how many hours did he spend on just making these pretty lines that I'm going to mess up and walk all over? decorating and all of that too there's so many uh, things that happens that makes this place tick and all of you guys are part of that so I thank God for all of you OCC is a part of outreach you know I thank you guys from the bottom of my heart because really, I know that it's considered Pastor Appreciation Day and us pastors are super thankful, but this would not be possible without you. I, could, I mean, we couldn't do this. This, this, uh, this thing is, is way beyond our ability, but because of your faithfulness, because of you, what you do to make this place tick, it just makes it so much more functioning and, and, and easy. And, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, thank you for being my her. And I love every one of you. Thank you guys so much. <laughs> Amen. And so my encouragement to us is to be present to be perceptive of the needs around us, to participate in uh, what we see going on around us, to also to value those who are participating with us so that we can see this thing continue to grow, get connected. How many know we need connections? Amen? We need you to be a part. And so this next month, you're going to see us focus on volunteerism. And so we're going to be talking about volunteers and what how we can how you can get connected and we are super excited about what god's going to do we're looking forward to uh, getting our sign done how many know we only we only need about sixteen hundred dollars basically that's 16 people giving a hundred dollars and we'd have a new sign what Woo! yeah so i mean don't forget if you want to give a, a a christmas present to the church Let's do this thing. Let's get this sign done because, uh, you know, we needed to put, you know, Happy Thanksgiving on the sign. But, man, it sure is hard to climb up there. <laughs> we need all of you guys. And we're thankful for you. And guess what? We got three more people that says we want to be a part and say we're committed to being a member of this church. Come on. I was supposed to do this last week, but he didn't put his sign up for me. <laughs> We're excited for you guys. <laughs> you saw he did it today, didn't you? <laughs> We're so thankful for you, Kimberly, for being here. Kirsten and Joey, we're excited for you guys um, being a part. And we want to formally recognize this and ask a few questions from my understanding this is this is actually the procedure if y'all didn't know that this is a procedure of taking in members to the local uh, church of god body 
I don't know that uh, every pastor does it, uh, but I try to be obedient. You realize in presenting yourself for membership that you are assuming a solemn obligation and it is ex- expected that you will always be true to your promise and faithfully fulfill and discharge your obligations as a loyal member. Do you publicly confess and testify that you know the Lord Jesus uh, Christ as your personal Savior and, and the full pardon of your sins? Are you willing to walk in the light of Scripture as it shines upon your path? That's in the King James Version. Are you willing to abide by and subscribe to the disciplines of the Church of God as outlined by the Scripture and set forth in the minutes of the International Church of God Assembly? Are you willing to support the church 